and welcome back to the Be Fierce podcast um, with, with you, with me. I am your host, Javira Soto. I'm Head of Partnerships and Community here. This, just to remind people that haven't listened to us before, if they're a first-time listener, uh, letting them know what our podcast is actually about. So the Be Fierce podcast with, with you, with me, is a, essentially a medium to showcase the good news stories that we have for military veterans that we have been able to help support through our program, but also actually recognize the wonderful community that is out there across the globe um, that are trying to do good work as well. So, and, and the final thing that we use this um, podcast for is to also highlight the amazing employers that we're working with that are actually changing um, the narrative behind military veterans that are going into work into these technology roles and finding that military veterans bring great value to their organization so that's what we're about um so thank you so much for joining us uh i don't have my co-host here today but i have someone even better sitting beside me um, who's actually traveled all the way from the united states um, is a sister in arms and it's someone that I'm really grateful to have on the show. I'd like to introduce you all to Olivia Nunn. Thank Hi. you so much for the invitation to come. It's so exciting to be able to, one, travel to the other side of the world and two, just kind of meet you in person as yeah. we've been chatting and getting to know each other um, through LinkedIn, yeah. which is, I think, a great platform. Uh, yeah, not endorsing it, but I think it's a it's a platform that... If you're not on, you really need to be. It's a great way to network yes, um, and 100%. to meet people. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really, really cool to be able to be here, um, especially after meeting uh, Tom earlier in the year and uh, being able to see your digs here yeah. in Sydney. So thank you so much for the invitation. No dramas. Thank you so much for obviously um, being here. Olivia and, I, Olivia and I, before we started recording, we were having a great chat about um, the really long distance yes. that she had to travel <laughs> and asking her about her flight here because, I mean, as much as... Australia's a first world country, right? But we are in the middle of nowhere. Like, it is. Yeah. It's it's this island country. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But really cool and amazing. Um, you know, I haven't been able to see a whole lot of it. Yeah. Uh, flew into Sydney and then flew right out to Canberra, did a conference there, was a yes. keynote speaker. And then flew back out. Um, well, actually, instead of flying, I took the train. Yeah, um, Yeah, really wanted to see the countryside. Yeah. And actually, to me, Australia looks a lot like Central Texas. Yeah. My husband and I were stationed that. there for nine years. And the whole time I was on the train, I was like, man, this looks like Texas. And um, we find that really cool and unique because uh, Lawrence and I are still residents of um, Texas. Oh, wow. Even though we live in D.C., so that's where um, we claim. Um and so would love to go back to Texas one day. We'll see how it goes. So yeah. it was kind of cool just to be able to kind of get a touch of Texas on the other side. Nice, um, nice. And Olivia and I were saying that um, the one thing that she probably, you know, still hasn't had the opportunity to do is see a kangaroo. I know. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, you could see lions and tigers and bears, I think, anywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't come to Australia. You can't go to the other side of the world and not see I think the animals that really make this country the unique aspect of it, oh, right? Absolutely. Like you can't see, you cannot not see a kangaroo or um, a wallaby, even for that matter, a koala. Yeah, sure, I mean, sure. you've got to see those things. Yeah. So um, I'm going to check out the zoo tomorrow. Yes. But um, 
but yeah, I was kind of hoping that along the train ride, I would have been, I would have seen some yeah. kangaroos hopping along, and I could have been like, oh look! But I'm actually yeah. surprised you didn't see any in Canberra because Canberra is like, they're actually is the population of kangaroos. They actually have to cull them. That's how oh, wow. bad it is. Um, not bad in a per se like that, but it's more so that. Um, the, I suppose they're just so domesticated now that they're going obviously through um, the neighbourhoods, what we call, oh, wow. um, and they're just causing some problems. You know what people are like. They're just, oh, I don't want that there in my yard, whatever else. So, But, yeah, I'm actually surprised you didn't see no, any. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, because I remember when uh, I was living in Canberra, we used to see them like just jumping across and you'd be like, oh, yeah. Cool, you know, <laughs> but I, I can absolutely appreciate if you're coming over from the other side of the world, you want to see a kangaroo. Yeah, so hopefully I'll be able to do that tomorrow. Yeah, so. fantastic. Yeah. So, um, Olivia, thanks again for being on the show with us. I actually had a few questions prepared that I wanted to see um, to share with our listeners and those watching us on the YouTube channel. Um, because you bring a wealth of not only um, military experience, but other things as well. But I wanted to start by just asking you just sharing your story, who you actually are, um, and I suppose why you joined um, the military. Yeah, so I think, um, wow, that question could be like hours long, right, as you get to know somebody, but really, so I commissioned in the United States Army in 2001. I went to college in Virginia, Radford University, so I commissioned through the Reserve Officer Training Corps, or okay. ROTC, and I was actually commissioned a CBRN officer, otherwise known as chemical, so it's chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear. It's a mouthful. Sounds wow. pretty fancy. Very fancy. But it's not. Oh, um, no, no it's sorry. a jack of all it's trades. Totally. Uh, and, and really, if I was doing my job, which I did do a couple times in my first deployment to Iraq in 2003, it's a bad day. Because uh, oh. essentially, as a CBRN officer, I provide um, information to the commander about those types of incidents on the battlefield. Oh, wow. You know, what okay. is it? How to go around it? Uh, what could potentially happen? Wow. Um, so when you see a chemical officer doing their actual designated job, it's a bad day for everybody. Oh, so. wow. But the good thing is it allowed me to really hone in on other skills within the Army and learn sure. more about myself as a leader. Uh, because it gave me the opportunity to do other things. Sure. So I've done everything from um, being a battle captain that's running the tactical operations center from a battalion level, a brigade level. I also was a liaison officer from my brigade to division. Sure. So I sat in the division level. Uh, so you, I spent a lot of time briefing general officers of tactical operations that we're doing. Um, I was a convoy commander. Uh, I've done, I was a troop commander. All these things that had I just stayed in my lane, Sure. I wouldn't have really experienced the army. Oh wow! So yeah. So you, you had, a, I suppose, you had an opportunity to utilize the skill sets that you learned from a training perspective, but then you were able to, I suppose, really expand. Yeah. On that absolutely um, experience and learn leadership. Yes. Um, operational tactics and, and things like that. You know, which kind of. I know from a perspective of military veterans that are transitioning from the service, they don't actually understand how many skills that they have that are so transferable into the civilian sector. And that's the big thing I think we see even in the U.S. with the organization that I work with, U.S. Army Soldier for Life. And so we are an outreach organization on behalf of the United States Army. 
And what we do is we connect with organizations that want to connect back into the Army to find opportunities for our service members, as well as our veterans and our spouses. And so I think um, that's a really important piece of work that we do, and that's actually how our connection got started, how we met Tom Moore. We, uh, specifically my colleague, Lieutenant Colonel Robin Johnson, Mm -hmm. uh, she's our director for employment, Mm -hmm. and uh, we were at a conference in D.C., and uh, Tom was there, and we actually have a podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So U.S. Army Soldier for Life has a podcast. It's about four months old, very young. Uh, we're halfway through season two, and Robin is the host of it right now, and uh, she's actually actively retiring. So she will be leaving the ranks of the Army soon, and so I take over as podcast ho- host at the beginning of the year. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, but but the work that we do is really important, that course, connection, um, and really getting after the narrative. And I think the American businesses mm-hmm. uh, have really understand and understood lately the whole concept of the value of a veteran, why hiring a veteran is important. Yeah. And that work has gone on for the last few years, and we're seeing the dividends on that right oh, now. Perfect. So the U.S. Um, unemployment rate is about 3.5% okay. at the national level, and the unemployment rate for veterans is about 33 wow. So it's it's better. We're, we're doing better than the, yeah, than yeah, the nation. Yeah. So... So that I think the work uh, that U.S. Army Soldier for Life has been involved in the sure. past few years amongst other organizations within the Army um, is paying off. But the work that needs to be done and the work that we're really working on is finding jobs for our family members, our spouses. Yes. Um, you know, when you are a military family, you move every two to three years. Uh, a lot of our spouses have degrees and credentials, and they're mm-hmm. highly qualified. But the problem is employers don't understand that they don't understand the gaps in the resume they don't understand um you know why were you at this place for such a short time yeah Um, and it's not you know all too often you know in the military you go to bases that are kind of in the middle of nowhere so the support structure is not necessarily there and you've got to really rely on each other so it's not uncommon that you see a spouse taking time off from their career to Mm -hmm. help raise a family of course um you know because kids aren't cheap no (laughs) (laughs) no it's not (laughs) You know, I have two kids. I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old that's about to turn three in two weeks. And so it's not cheap to raise a kid. And so when you look at the cost analysis of do I go to work or do I help raise the kids, a lot of times the common answer ends up being that the spouse stays stays home and takes care of the kid. And so when they go back to the workforce, when the kids get kind of an age where they're not as dependent Mm -hmm. on the parents where, you know, they're going to school and Mm -hmm. there's kind of sports kind of set up, things like that. Uh, and those spouses go back to work, there's those gaps in those resume. And yeah. then um, because they move from state to state, a lot of those licenses don't correspond across state lines. Yeah. So a lot of them are nurses and doctors and teachers, yet they can yeah. only do that in the state that they were just in uh, and not necessarily the state that they're currently in. Yeah. So there's there's work being done. There's legislative work that is being done to help um, remediate that and kind of make it easier for our spouses to be able to transfer those credentials from state to state. But we've got work to do. And yeah. I think that's what we're seeing the big push in the U.S. is yeah. really um, – at the national level, yeah. both at the federal and the state level, governments really working together with businesses and corporations to come together to find unique op- opportunities and ways for our spouses to find a job. Um, everything from part-time work and yes. that unique part-time work. Yeah, um, yeah. 
With flexible working arrangements, right. which is what you right. need. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of hard when your kid goes to school about 8 in the morning, and then you got to pick them back at 2. So yeah. that doesn't give you a whole lot of time. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's where the big push is right now, right. and there's a lot of work that's being done in that area, and so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, getting back to, you know, why I joined the army, my dad was in the army, um, when I was a kid and I'm the oldest of three girls. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so my dad jokingly says that three strikes and he was out. He wanted wanted a boy. Um, but, um, but no, but my dad and I are like best friends, you know, um, we talk all the time. And so, you know, when he was in the army, um, and I was a kid, I just remembered helping my dad shine boots all the time and, you know, light brasso and shine up his brass, you know, um, (laughs) yeah, you know, like late at night watching TV and watching my dad, you know, shine those boots. And so obviously a different uniform. Um, but I just, I think at the age of four, I just knew that I wanted to be in the army. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And my dad was enlisted. He was a combat engineer. Oh, wow. And then he um, ended up being reclassed uh, due to some injuries and he became a military police. And so I think from his own experiences, he wanted to make sure that I did a different path in the army. And he was adamant okay. about getting my education. He wanted me to go to college. So I'm first generation Korean American. Yeah. So college was was the way, like the only way. That was the only path out sure, of home. Sure. So I went to college and then commissioned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I came into the army. I didn't know what I was going to do or how long I was going to stay in. It was just kind of like an adventure it's a paycheck I'm having yeah, fun yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good job it's very yeah, stable y- yeah um, and I had no idea what I was going to do yeah. um, you know I, I have a business degree okay. um, at one point I thought I was going to own a business and I don't know I just I think when you're young you dream and you have crazy ideas of what you want to do well, and that's good yeah, yeah. it is because um, I think you romanticize a lot of things that you think you're going to do in life sure. and so I think the army really kind of helped hone in uh, the skills that I think I was naturally good at and the things that I wasn't good at, I had to really hone in on those skills. Um, you know, I think being outspoken, a lot of people find it hilarious. They think that I've always been outspoken, but I actually wasn't. I didn't find my voice until later in college. Um, no. And I think it was, you know, being Korean American and first generation, um, I grew up in a all white neighborhood. Yeah. And so I just, and I was always reminded that I wasn't enough. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for me, it's just, it was easier just to not say anything, put your head down and just work really hard, get, yeah, sure, get good sure. grades, um, you know, be that straight A student mm-hmm. and ch- achieve from there. So it wasn't until college where I just kind of had this epiphany that I can't change who I am. Yeah. I am Korean and I am Caucasian and it's me. Like yeah. I, there's no amount of scrubbing my face, yeah, you know, yeah. that's yeah. going to change who I am. Exactly. And I think it's, it's just having that epiphany and then just realizing that, um, you know, the army kind of levels the playing field in so many ways. Yes. Um, you know, now I will caveat that. Yes. I think just like any organization you have, um, issues with with men and women as well as race i mean i would be lying if i said that none of that existed in the army sure. but in many ways it's a lot better than than outside of the army uh, yeah there's a, there's a level playing field and so um i think the army really helped me find that voice sure. um being able to take chances yeah. and to take risk mm-hmm. and just kind of finding confidence in the in the choices that i make yeah. whether they were good or or, or bad yeah but I, I suppose i think you know Life is about 
ha- making opportunities and having experiences where, y- you know, you're going to fail, like you said. You know, there's going to be things where you go, oh, God, whoops, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but then, you know, I-, I think what resonated with me with what you just said, there's a few things, but um, in particular about... Army is like um, an, an organisation, because it is, you know, and it, it gives an opportunity to bring different people people from different walks of life, male and female, from different cultures and stuff like right. that. And you're actually put into an organisation where you guys have to work together. Yes. And it's, you're not all going to get along. And that happens in civilian right. sector anyway. But if you guys don't get along for the common goal of yeah. what the mission is, you kind of screw it up. Right. I mean, there's something to be said about putting aside all those differences yes. and building a team when it's forged under fire. Yes. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, that's all you have yeah. is your teammates, right? Yeah. Um, uh, three deployments to Iraq, and some of the best friends that I have are the ones that you deploy with. 100%. Right? Yeah. Because you're in those situations where... You know, you know, I not necessarily agree with everything that everyone does or their. I mean, I don't even agree with my husband every single day. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> right? oh, no, I know you, girl. <laughs> I, I know that feeling. Um, but but you know what I mean. But the thing is, though, I think what it builds is that whole character um, perspective of you need to learn yes. to agree to disagree or understand that hey, as a team, you're really good at this part. You're really good at this part, and for us to make this end state work we need to do this together right. and that's what I kind of really for me as a military spouse I kind of envied that about my husband within the in the army that that team approach and that team based getting the results it's I really like that and that's what I, I think what I love about this organization and similar to the, what the roles that you guys are doing is that all we're doing is identifying two businesses that a team of veterans that actually know how to work together in these new tech roles, which is, you know, the emerging tech and where these gaps are right. needed in the industry, you're getting people that are learning these skills but know how to work together actually quite cohesively. They're not going to get along all the time, but they know if there's a mission or there's an end state or the goal or, the you know, the, the objective or the KPI or whatever you want to call right. it, they're going to get it done. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the keys that we highlight when we talk to businesses about the value of the veteran is that, you know, we're complex individuals that yes. know yeah, how yeah. to um, work through complex problems mm. and we could do it gracefully under fire and we know how to take a team and lead them yeah. and, and literally go through that whole concept of forming, storming, norming yes. in literally in a short amount of time. Very short. Uh, you know, Very short. It can be it can be minutes sometimes depending on the <laughs> depending on the the task at hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and I think uh, you know so I think those are the those skills that you yeah. just cannot put on a poster. You know, no. when somebody asks you well, why would you join the army? Like how do you explain those pieces, those, mm. key, those key integral pieces that help shape who you are mm. um, not only in your career for the army but beyond. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that um, we work with at Soldier for Life is, especially with our partnered mm. organization, um, U.S. Army Recruiting Command. So sure. Recruiting Command, their key objective is to find the next U.S. Army soldier, right, okay. the, the age 18 to 24. And yeah. they put a lot of hard work into that. We've got amazing recruiters that go out into America, talk to those kids, and, um, you know, really kind of have that dedicated conversation and help shape a potential future for them. Yeah. And what we do and what we uh, help in that aspect is that 
we go talk to those influencers of those young kids, sure. to the parents, to the teachers, yeah. um, and, and really kind of help them understand why the Army is an opportunity. Yeah. And what does that opportunity really mean? Mm. For the Army, the Army is one of the largest scholarship-producing entities in America. Yeah. I mean, you want to go to college, but you don't have the way to pay for it because it's super expensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Army's a great ticket for that, yeah. whether you, you go to college and you commission or you enlist. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many benefits mm. just on the education side alone. And then on the employment side, when you come out, it doesn't matter if you're a truck driver or a tank driver, a chef. Sure. You know, I think uh, people think that, oh, the only way you're going to get an amazing job is that if you are in the Army and you did something that directly translates to the civilian side. Yes. You know, like me, like a public affairs officer or a, yeah. a surgeon or a lawyer. But the crazy part is that while, yes, we can directly translate into a civilian job, so many of the Army jobs actually translate really well because it's not so much the I know how to turn a wrench on mm. a tank. Mm. It's the whole concept of being a, a maintenance professional. Yes. Right? Yeah. And what what are all of those key aspects that go into that? Mm -hmm. And you know, how do you work with the team? How do you understand parts? How do you understand parts management and flow? All of those things yeah. um which any employer mm. would be silly not to want to have on their team. Yeah. And I think that comes down to a point where it's very similar to here, actually not not similar. It's very refreshing to hear that the you were talking about spouses before, which I'll come back to, but I, I want to make a point here that employers don't necessarily see that like for like transfer. And I think, you know, what we have seen, I know our business has definitely tried to do that as well. We thought that we had to do like a skills translator, like this means this in the civilian sector. But I think what you said before about someone that is actually working on tools they all they don't just do the working at like from a maintenance perspective they actually do logistics management right then project management if they're working on a particular um you know um i don't know the word right now but you know project i'll just use that and they know the the input the output what sort of happened right. and they know how to manage all that and the the leadership side the team side they might not necessarily have the the idea in terms of the idea creation or why we're going to do that in the analysis part because sometimes they just get given this is what we need to do and this is the mission outcome and they do that whole project management approach but they've got so many sort of skills that you know can get them that are so translatable and then for us in the emerging tech we're just teaching them the tech side right you know but everything that they've got just complements it right and i think that's the other thing uh, a key takeaway is that you don't have to do the career field mm. that that the army taught you. Yes. Right. So you don't um, you don't have to be an infantry rifleman specialist. Sure, a lot of those feed right into a lot of our law enforcement. Oh, a lot of yeah, them want to of do that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great fit. Yeah. But you don't have to be. No. Absolutely. I mean, you could come out and go to schooling and learn a whole different skill set. I want to be an electrician. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Army has programs to help you get that sure. uh, certification so that when you exit the Army, you are a certified electrician. Yeah. Um, or, hey, I don't know how to code, but it's something I really want to do because I understand that the future is technology. Sure. And I really need to get into that. So why don't I check out With You With Me yeah, yeah. or, you know, SANS Institute yeah. or a plethora of others that are going to really help 
take that same yeah. core skill set that you learned in the army and then hone that into something else, another yeah. career for them. And I think that's that's really the opportunity yeah. that we try to drive home that you are limited to only your own limitations. Yes. Right. Yeah. To the things that you don't think you can't do. Yeah, that's right. And I suppose with our model, it's about what you bring is massive potential with everything that you've learned in the military. We're just going to teach you the tech side of it and then the rest is easy. You right. Know? And like you said, they learn so quickly because they have to, you know. Um, but, but I want to ba- um, come back to the point that you made uh, about military spouses and it was really refreshing to hear you say most of the military spouses go into those allied health sort of roles and stuff like that because they think they need to translate into something that, oh, yeah, if I move from this state to this state, it's going to cross over. And that's exactly what I did. I actually went into nursing thinking, oh, yeah, because I had to move all the time. But it's actually different from state to state and teaching and stuff like that. But here in Australia as well, obviously, not just, you know, that's not just isolated to the US. And so it's actually really great to hear that government is actually looking to change that legislation um i know it's sort of happening here there's like um the universities are sort of going through change in program but that takes time and stuff like that but and and it's important that Mm. this work is being done when you start talking about the demographic Mm. the spouses when you look at the unemployment rate for them or the underemployment for them Mm. it's 24 percent on average that's pretty high you know i just right and i just got done saying that the veteran unemployment is 3.3 you know that that's a huge start difference right and so um wow you know and really let's just be honest our families serve too oh right they they take the brunt of a lot of the sacrifice yeah so why would we not help them find a job. Yeah. I, I think it's only fitting. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think our statistics are about 18% underemployment. So, um, but still, it's way higher. Yeah. Way higher. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that in the US that's happening. And I know um, With You With Me is actually working with Blue Star families to sort of try and help retrain into the technology sector as well. But I think it's absolutely what I know from a spouse and being a spouse myself is that I can tell you I've got the I've got the best organization skills because I know how to run a family life, know right. how to do a full-time job while my husband was away on deployment, living by myself as a sole parent and stuff like that because I just had to. Right. I didn't go and get a qualification to go and do that. I just knew that if I don't do this, it's going to be chaos. Right. So you just get the job done. And equally, I think that's actually like a really special niche that um, military families have that they're super resilient. And they oh, can, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and it, I think it's an untapped reservoir 100%. of talent. I mean, um, you know, in the last, I would say, half year, I have met some incredible yeah. military spouses that are just killing it, Yeah, you know, in their own adventures of becoming entrepreneurs, yes. um, business owners, to being talent specialists. I mean, just, I don't think I've met a spouse yet that I just look at them and go, wow. Just amazing. Can I be like you? Uh, No, and I say that, you know, wholeheartedly because they're just awesome. I mean, you know, yes, it's tough to be a soldier and it's tough to deploy, but 
it's pretty hard to stay at home. Yeah. Um, so I deployed three times. My husband deployed twice. And yeah. we did all our deployments long before we had kids. Yeah. You know, I wanted to chase my career first and yeah. do some things um, before we had children. And my third deployment, I was a troop commander. And my husband was back in the States because he was going to grad school. Sure. Um, and he still to this day, he'll talk about the fact that he thought that was the hardest deployment because he had to be at home by himself. Wow. And we had no kids. We had two dogs. And he was like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Life is so hard. And I'm like, and, and, and I just, I gave him grief over it because I'm like, honey, I still paid the bills while I was deployed. What are you talking about? Right. (laughs) But you know, but you know, in all seriousness, like it's not easy running a house and you add the complexity of a business or education, children, um, a job, man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, and I think that um, y- you know we we as a nation really need to work in helping our spouses yeah. find whatever it is, whether it's employment or going back to school, um, or just providing the resources that they need that they can lean in on through whatever uh, difficulty or crisis that they're going through. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, something that. Even though Australia, like like I was saying, like from a land perspective, we're huge, and you know, and obviously our population size as well. But I don't think we've got it right just yet. You know, um, we are forward thinking in so many ways, but we're still that process actually is not there. You know, for spouses, and we've been around as a country for a long time, and I think that's one thing that America does a lot better. And what we do um, we're getting there I know for me personally that's something that I'm driving the initiative through this which I'm really grateful for because Tom's like do it you know because I know from personal experience I face those difficulties um, but I know the value that like you said that you know each and every spouse brings um, to whatever they do because they genuinely just I don't know, they just have this drive, I think, because you have to be a special type of person to deal with the... Oh, yeah, the, it's, a, it's a unique life. Right? Yeah, yeah. The 100%. military is is not for everybody. No, no, um, exactly. It is a unique lifestyle, mm. and I think to be a military spouse and to do it well and gracefully mm. is, a, is a whole other unique talent in itself. Yeah. And I think... And I think that's the thing that we need to remember is that our spouses are doing it. Yeah. I mean, they are gracefully just getting it done yeah and i think we just need to really highlight that Mm. and tap into that and i think and i think businesses if they really understood that um and didn't necessarily look at it from a very black and white perspective of what the resume says or doesn't say yeah that i think they would be pleasantly surprised at that that bed of talent Mm. that they can tap into yeah um to really reach whatever business goals that that individual company may have yeah um so and, and let's just be honest at the end of the day a happy spouse means happy life. Yeah. And happy life means happy soldier. Yes. You know, and that directly feeds into the readiness yes. of our yes. army, right? Um, yeah. If the household is being taken care of and it's being taken care of well, that's one less added stress that the soldier has to worry about so they can focus on the things that need to get done, the yeah. mission at hand. Yeah, and uh, I really want to highlight there that, that that is key, right? Because, and I'm... I'm not saying it's the responsibility of defence to 100% do that, but I think there needs to be some support there or some resources that a spouse does know. Hey, if I need that help, all I have to do is reach into it, 
you know, yeah. rather than, you, you know, I'm not saying that we have to have a handout or whatever else, but I, I think that's critical because I know for me when my husband was away for two and a half years living in the States and I was here by myself with the kids, I felt like I just had to do everything that I needed to do. I never tapped into resources and maybe I should have, um, but but I think it was just that I've just got to get this job done yeah. and I've just got to be, you know, and I know that for me, I grew so much as a, as a woman and a, as a professional knowing that I've just got to get this job done. And so I know now with the experiences that I have, that's a really big key driver for me to get employers here, especially in Australia. And I, you know, definitely want to have the momentum in the US as well. Um, to understand that we bring a really key skill set, um, highly resilient individuals, you know, and we're not always like that. And that's a thing I think that's been shaped by our experience. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the other part is um, changing the narrative of what a military spouse is. I think, yeah. I think when you talk, when you say military spouse, there's this negative connotation yes. um, that they're helpless mm. or that they're incompetent or they can't get their act together or that they're whiners. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm like, yes, I think in every demographic, oh, I mean, course. you're enlisted soldiers, you're officers, you're yeah. going to have bad apples. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, true in the military spouse demographic yeah, as well. 100%. But I would say most of the spouses that I met aren't like that. Mm. Um you know, and let's just be honest, how many times can you literally make a best friend in seconds yeah. and they're going to be there for you yeah. and understand your life? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's memes about it, you know, like yeah, I just I met know. you. I just met you. Here's my number. Can you be my best friend and pick up my kids? Right. I mean, but that's so true no, because you really have to lean in on each other. And that's um, and I think I've never seen that anywhere else. No, um, yeah, you're right. In any other demographic, in you know, I'm a huge Peloton rider, mm. and I think the the uplifting uplifting women empowerment is huge through Peloton. But mm. even still, through that, mm. I don't see the type of love and support that I see uh, with my friends who are spouses, military spouses, and just really getting that and yeah. getting it done. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, doing what we can as 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 an army to help our spouses is important. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's a, a really key point to to make sure that there's just resources there and they understand that it is important um, and we should have something in place. I 100% agree. Um, I'm just looking at my thing because we kind of went, <laughs> I, we've covered most of the stuff anyway. I'm just like looking. Um, oh, actually, I'd, I'd like to, um, there is a question here that I'd like to ask you. Because you can't, to me, you're a superhero because you are not only in uniform. <laughs> Thanks. But you're a spouse as well because your husband's in the army yeah. and you've got kids that are obviously as well, two children as well. How do you then balance that whole military spouse, military service, I'm in uniform, and then being a mother and also, you know, being career woman as well? How, how, do, you, how do you balance all that? I think honestly for me is um, communication with my husband. Sure. Um, like, like it all starts there, yeah. right? And it goes back to our faith. Yeah. Um, being rooted in our faith and making sure that we we start off on that foundation every single day. Mm -hmm. um, being really open in communications. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm a communicator by trade, but I don't get it right all the time. No, absolutely. Um, and then just really leaning in on my friends that right. are 
that are in the similar situation as I am. Mm-hmm. They're spouses, they're uh, leaders in the army. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a lot of wine drinking and commiserating <laughs> together of like, oh my gosh, my life is, it feels like it's falling apart. How do I do this? Um, but yeah, like, you know, I think it's really important to be able to tap into your friends and just, yeah. cause they get it. They get it when you send a text and you're like, WTF, my life is falling apart. Here's here's the problem. Why? And then, you know, and they send you love, but at the same time, they kind of like slap you sideways and like, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. get your shit together. Yeah. You know, and stop it. And stop and move on because you yeah. can do it. So, um, and I think for me, the other part, and I say this all the time, is that I think one of the benefits that I have is that mm. I am an older mom. Mm. So we had our kids when we were field grade officers sure. and we are field grade officers and I, and we've been at the strategic level for a few years now. Yeah. And I think the army is different when you're at the strategic level okay. versus an operational yeah, environment. Sure. Uh, they have their different advantages and disadvantages. Okay. And I think for me, I just, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to work from, for some bosses that really understand mm. that you have to have a work-life balance. That's and I think one of the best advice that I ever got about work-life balance mm. isn't that don't look at, look at work-life balance as this juggling act okay. of constantly keeping three balls in the air of like your your career, your family, um, and in your mental state all at, gotcha, all at gotcha. once, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of how do you give and take? Yes. Right? It's yes. maybe in this, in this part of my life for the next year, I'm mm-hmm. going to lean in on my career. Yeah. And then next year, I'm going to back off from my career a little bit, and I'm going to I'm going to focus in on my family. Mm-hmm. And so when I got that advice, uh, probably about ten years ago, that really changed the way I looked at it and my yeah. thought process behind it. And that was something that Lawrence and I have really looked at. You know, so we've been balancing careers. You know, it was at first it was all about him. Sure. He, he was an armor officer before he became a cyber warfare officer and he wanted to chase that down and he wanted to be a general officer and he wanted to teach at West Point. So we did everything to get us in line to go to West Point to teach. Sure. And then at West Point, after we got there, we realized, hey, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And we decided it was time for my career to, to go forward. Okay. And so we've been able to do that and then we've been able to bounce that year to year. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm focusing a lot on what I get to do. Um, I love what I do. I love the people that I work with and I do travel a lot sure. and that's good and bad. Yeah. Um, it's great cause I get to meet amazing people and sure, do some sure. cool things, but you know, my kids, they don't like it when mommy travels. No, um, you know, the, my two year old, I don't think not so much. He concept of time is irrelevant to yeah, him. Yeah, it's just more that, that mommy's not there yeah, that yeah, he can whine to. Yeah. But my six year old, you know, she, she understands time and she's counting down the days right now. Uh, you know, so every time I'm FaceTiming her, she's like, okay, these are the number of sleeps that I have. Look at all my calendar. Right, you know. Um, <laughs> the one thing she didn't understand is just how far Australia is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so when I pulled out a map, she's like, oh, it's just right there. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you know, and her only understanding of, yeah, <laughs> of Australia was Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's how you do it. I, I, anyways, for us, is yeah. that's how we've been able to maintain some level of sanity. Is <laughs> uh, You know, it's a, it's a process and it's a give and take. And it's yeah. something that we have to balance every single day, even yeah. at the very... Um, 
you know, detailed level of day-to-day tasks. Like mm-hmm. literally at the din- dinner table, we sit there and go, okay, what's tomorrow's calendar like? Who's driving what car? Who's taking the kid here? You that's, know, cause that's great. We have to. No, but that's, that's great. Yeah. Because you just, all you're doing is structuring and just yeah. going. And then it's, and that's communication. Do you know what I mean? And then there's no surprises. You know exactly what's happening. And that's great. That's great advice. And I will tell you, we do it 99% of the time. Yeah. The 1% that we don't do oh, it. Because we just assumed yeah, yeah. the next morning it's a circus. Yeah, I mean, it I is a circus. Yeah. It's like, well, I thought you, no, I thought you, and like, who did this? And kids go to daycare with no water bottles, (laughs) you know, a missing hat or glove, like, sorry. Yeah, it's like, where's mom ever? Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I think it's super important, because, and I think that brings on the point of that organization, and you just need to be like that, but I think if more people were like that, regardless of their situation, they'd actually probably be a lot happier. You know, I got to give that up to my mom. My mom is a tiger mom. It's funny, she's not a tiger grandma, but um, she's a, oh, she no, was a tiger she mom. Oh, no, she doesn't need to be. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. My kids get away with murder, literally. Yeah. Um, but no, so my mom really honed that skill in. That's um, great. You know, that it starts at the very beginning. Mm. And if you're organized at the little details, mm. then the big details fall into place. Yeah, no, that's beautiful advice. I love that. Thank you. Um, what I do, I've only got a couple more questions here for you. Um, you did mention that you love what you do. What If you had to pick a favorite, I know you're not supposed to pick favorites, but, <laughs> you know, what would be the favorite part of what you do right now? I would say really just meeting people. Like, I, I, I you know, honestly, if I... I think the part that I don't like about work, but I do it because I, not just because I have to, sure. but that is the part that you, you need to be yeah. structured and get it done. Sure. Um, if I didn't have to do communication messaging yeah. or if I didn't have to, um, you know, go do articles and things like that, which I love to do, mm-hmm. if I could just focus on just meeting people all day long and just having conversations, I would, yeah, I'd be in heaven. Oh, like, just, you know, just one coffee show to another, yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, let's exactly. Yeah. I would totally fill my calendar all day long of yeah. like, hey, I'm going to this breakfast meeting and then this snack meeting and this lunch meeting. Oh, I would, man, I'd, I'd totally, be working 12 yeah. hours a day. Like, yeah. you know, that'd I, be just so cool. Yeah, yeah. I totally do. Um, and so I think I, I, I'm able to do that in bits and pieces, not sure. just by the the events that I get to, but I I can share some of the things that we do just by the information we share on our social media. Yeah. yeah. You know, everything from the photos to the videos. Uh, so I really I really like that. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. Thank you. And then my, my final question, I suppose, because like I said, just looping right back in from to the start is that, you know, one of the reasons that we do this podcast show is for veterans to get information from us. So what's one piece of advice that you would actually give a military veteran actually in their transition journey or a spouse, veteran or a spouse? Um, You know, I think we say this all the time that you have to start your transition process, the thought process early. Mm -hmm. So for those that are going to retire Mm -hmm. on the army, that process should start at least two years prior. Okay. Um, what you know, whether that's at your twenty, you know, if you know you're only going to do twenty, like I am. Sure. Um, so my process started a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're enlisted and you know that twenty is not going to be for you, sure. Even if you don't know what that date on the wall is, mm-hmm. I think what you need to do is you still need to plan for the what ifs. Yeah. If I only had a year, if I decide I wake up tomorrow and I want to get out of the army, what do I need to do? Sure. And I think you need to have that 
thought process and mm-hmm. actively go through that rehearsal of sure. what are the things I need to prepare for, right. um, whether you act on it or not. So that way, when it is time to flip that switch, you're mm-hmm. not in a stress mode and you're not flipping out and you're not, um, you know, panicking over it. It, sure. it becomes less stressful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can gracefully do that. And then if anything else, U.S. Army Soldier for Life is your yes. best friend. I Perfect. mean, we are a resource. Yep. You know, follow us on social media, tap into the information that we give out, um, you know, and build your network. Yeah, perfect. So while we're actually on that point, because that was going to be my next thing, where can people follow you and where can they find Soldier for Life? Um, yeah, so Soldier for Life, it, we have our own website, soldierforlife.army.mil. You could start there. We also have a podcast series. It, every Sunday, a new episode launches, and you can find us where you can find any podcast series. So that's on Google Play, iTunes. Um, we're hosted on Lipson. So definitely, I think those are two resources. And then we're on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, well, that's all I have. That's all the questions I have. Thank you so much. No, for thank you. Us. It's been actually really good. <laughs> I know we didn't probably follow the list of questions that we did, but it was, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed speaking No, thank with you. you. No, um, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to have a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, um, and you know, full of information that I think not only military veterans will get, um, but spouses as well. So thank you for actually bringing that into the conversation because I know, especially here in Australia, that's something that we need to do better. Um, and it's good to be able to model that from where you guys are. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the work that's getting done. Um, so, you know, I think we can only go up. Yeah, so absolutely. Super excited. Um, so just recapping everybody, um, thanks again for joining us on the BFIPS podcast. Um, hear it with you with me. Um, like Olivia said, you can follow us on our socials. Um, we're on eight different channels for, um, listening, the audio part of it, you know, Spotify, Anchor, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to read them all because it's just way too many, but really, um, don't forget if you want to look into anything that we're doing um, on our website www.withyouwithme.com if you want to leave a review or give us any feedback on who you'd like on the show or topics that you want us to speak about let us know Um, obviously there's the contact information that we have we've got our little bots that we obviously create that you can just you know plug in to speak to one of our pathfinders um but yeah and i kind of just yeah i want to take the opportunity one more time to thank you so much again olivia for joining us um thanks for having me my pleasure um and then what's up and coming with us actually next tuesday the 10th of december we actually have a live stream of our academy session which will actually talk about automation so if people are interested in actually getting automation um understanding what automation is what type of um, information that we teach on our academy, tune into that. Um, there's information live on our website, registered through Eventbrite as well. Um, and yeah, that's about it. It is a beautiful Friday. It's a little bit smoky, is it still outside? Yeah. A little bit. It's a little bit. Um, but uh, Olivia and I get to, I get to, I'm very, very grateful that I get to take her and um, Lawrence out for dinner tonight. We're going to be Super nice. excited. Yeah very excited. Thank you for joining us. All right, everyone, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.